Welcome to Fanboy and Snob. I'm Chad. And today we watch Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. I have been and always shall be your friend. Live long and prosper. Starring William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, DeForest Kelly, James Duhon, Walter Coeing, George Takei, Michelle Nichols, Kirstie Alley, Ricardo Montalban, and of course, everyone's favorite, Merritt Burtrick. <laughs> Why do we watch this movie today? Well, after work in Texas, um, uh, we came back to the motel room. Uh, your kids called you and you were like, I got to take this. So I went inside the room. Uh, I turned on the TV and it just so happened to be Next Gen on the BBC. So I was watching some Next Gen. You walked in. You were like, ah, Star Trek, you know, like not even like ah, Star Trek, but you were just like Star Trek. And I was like, yeah, I'm fucking watching Star Trek. So you sat down and you watched. It was the episode where Deanna Troy gets captured by the Romulans, separatists, who then surgically alter her to look like a tall Shi'ar agent so she can trick a warbird captain. Anyway, at the end of the episode, you were like, hey, that was actually pretty good. And I was like, fuck you. You admitted the Enterprise D is like sexy as fuck. It's a cool shit, but doesn't mean the show's good. Anyway. So then I was like, we were going to watch a movie. And then I was like, I just want to keep watching Star Trek. You're like, why don't we watch a Star Trek movie? And I said, okay, if we're going to watch a Star Trek movie, let's start at the top, Rathacon. And just go there. Like you can skip the first one, Star Trek, the movie, the motion picture, I should say. A lot of people don't like it because it's very slow and there isn't space battles. Because a lot of people don't like it because it's not Star Wars. You know, it's, if, if you've seen the motion picture, you know. Not everything can be the Force Awakens. Yeah, nothing will be ever as good as Last Jedi. Rogue, Rogue one, one, right? That's the one where Rogue One's a good movie. All those memorable characters and that memorable plot. Hey, that Darth Vader scene sold me. Oh, the one Darth Vader scene. It was at good. the very end of the movie. The best Darth Vader scene in the whole franchise. Good. So five seconds of a two-hour movie was good. Anyway, hey, how much of this movie was good? Um. About 10 seconds. Well, fuck you. Because <laughs> it was actually a good movie. This movie was fucking amazing. I'm just going to put it out first. Soundtrack. One of the best soundtracks I've heard in a movie in a long time. Like that I haven't seen. We were watching the opening credits and you were like, I was like, dude, how good is this soundtrack? You're like, it's fucking good. And it was like, it feels like going on an adventure. Like you're. Well, the, the best thing about the soundtrack is it gets you hyped for what's about to happen. Yeah. It doesn't do the bong, bong, bong. It's not Hans Zimmer. Yeah. It's more just like whimsical, like flutes and strings. And you're like, yeah. And then when the bass kicks in, like when the brass and the bass section mm. kicks in, that's when you're like, ooh, shit's about to get real. Reminds me of uh, Lord of the Rings, kind of. Yeah. The how, how, not, I'm not saying it's sim like too similar to the way it was like composed. Well, just... I can definitely say the guy who composed the Lord of the Rings soundtrack got his fucking yeah. influence. It's just both soundtracks get you hyped for about yeah. what happened. God, I just want to listen to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack now. Concerning yeah, Hobbits, Lord of the Rings later. we should watch Lord of the Rings again, <laughs> do videos again, get no views. Um, so Rathacon starts with the Enterprise, right? And they have to go into the neutral zone to save a freighter. So the captain, Kirstie Alley, new captain, decides to go into the neutral zone. And what happens? She fails. Why does she fail? 
Because she decides to go. Well, no. Any Starfleet captain would violate the treaty to save another Starfleet ship. You gotta. That's the whole point of Starfleet is we're the good guys. Mm -hmm. A neutral party's in danger. We're going to be the ones to save them. Neutral zone be damned. That's what Starfleet does. So they fly into the neutral zone. And what happens? It was a fake signal. Three Klingon birds of prey waiting for that. And they open fire. Shields are down. Weapons are down. What do we do? Fucking evacuate, evacuate. And then her ship blows up. And she's all pissed off because it's a no-win situation. And then we find out it's a training scene. The sliding doors open and Kirk walks in with a book. That was sweet. Hope. Yeah. Admiral Kirk walks in and he's like, oh, Kobayashi Maru, for all the fans who know what it is. Yeah. Uh, I guess he failed. <laughs> and she's like, but it was a no-win situation. And he was like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> exactly. Every captain needs to know how to face death. And she's like, have you faced death? And he goes, of course which we later find out because if you watch the original series every episode ends with kirk finding out some piece of technology or the villain just gives up mm. so like he never actually had to face death whereas like in next gen picard loses crew members left and right his ship blows up twice like he's fighting wars with the board different times yeah exactly kirk was more like uh like Captain Jack Sparrow, just like mm. luck and like charisma. And then Picard <laughs> was just like Admiral Nelson fighting at Trafalgar. Like, yeah. He has wits about him. Yes. I'm a Picard fan. Um, but anyway, well, back Patrick to Patrick Stewart. Yeah, you gotta love Patrick Stewart. I mean, he's a piece of shit now, but you gotta love him. No, he's not. He's um, old and he wants to make his money. Yeah, talk to his ex-wife. Um supposed to be best friends with Ian McKellen um what was i saying yeah so she fails the kobayashi maru and then it's revealed that kirk um after his five-year mission to explore new worlds to discover new civilizations and to boldly go where no man has gone before he was promoted to admiral which makes sense because if you know if you've watched the show you know kirk has probably the most decorated career of any starfleet officer ever but he fucking hates it but is he happy? No. no. He wants to be flying. He wants to be riding a starship, not riding a desk. I mean, fucking Bones. I'm your doctor and your friend. You need to be flying a starship. Like, <laughs> what did Spock say? It's a, it's a waste of material to have you as an admiral. <laughs> so basically, all his bros are like, bro, get the fuck back out there. And he finds an excuse to go on a training mission with the Enterprise. Just an excuse to get get back on there. Remember when he's standing on the bridge, all like happy? Like, oh, fuck, I'm back out here, man. Um, so it cuts from Kirk on the Enterprise, all happy, to uh, Chekhov as a commander on another spaceship, second in command, the Reliant, a Nebula-class heavy cruiser, war machine, or depending on which version of Star Trek you watch, the Nebula is either super badass or just cannon fodder used to make Dominion ships look badass. <laughs> um, so the Reliant is uh, basically kind of, they're, they're, they're going, they're scanning for planets that have no life on them for the Genesis project, which we don't really know about yet. And they go to this planet, SETI Alpha 6, and they, uh, they scan it and they detect life. And there shouldn't be any life. And the captain's like, eh, fuck it. Let's, you know, beam down. Because for some reason in Star Trek, the captain always beams down. So he beams down to the planet with Chekhov. They have these cool space suits. 
they find like a fucking it's like a space storm going on yeah it's like it's like dune you know just wind and sand and they wind up finding like this makeshift shelter kind of thing and they go in and there's like food half eaten checkers playing and as Chekhov's walking around he sees a shelf of books Moby Dick the prince tale of two cities and then a belt buckle the ss botany bay <gasps> if you're a star trek fan you know you know exactly what the fuck that's from um so Chekhov's like we need to get the fuck out of here and the captain uh, clark is like i don't get it i don't all right whatever man he puts their helmets on they walk outside and then fucking mad max crew is waiting outside for that was them. a cool scene yeah and then it cuts to the regular one space station and basically, uh, Kirk's main squeeze from the series, I wanted to say Pulaski, but that's the doctor that takes Kate Fadden's job. I forget the name of the doctor in this movie. Too many characters in my Anyway, brain. her and her son, pretty much her. Yeah, they're like the number one and number two on the space station. And they're trying to design um, a way to take a lifeless planet and turn it into a fertile one in like a day as yeah. opposed to millions of years and uh they're actually fucking successful they're doing it they're doing it they're doing it great and then the reliant shows up or no uh then it cuts back to kirk on the enterprise and uh he, he's what is he doing this is when uh the doctor comes in and talks to him oh yeah gives him the glasses and stuff yeah no the Romulan ale. Yeah. And they, they have like a conversation. I thought that was pretty cool. I am trying to say Kirk is allergic to the eye healing. Thing. And then you went, what about LASIK? And I went, well, uh, when yeah, this movie yeah. was filmed, LASIK didn't exist yet. You know what I mean? So like they predicted flip cell phones, but they didn't predict LASIK, yeah. which is really, that's why I love Star Trek. Um, Glasses are a big point in the movie though. Yeah. It shows kind of Kirk's like mortality. Because everything. in the show, Kirk was invincible. Yeah. And now you see him as an old man who needs to, you know, yeah. to read. Um, I thought that was a good touch. And then it cuts back to City Alpha 6 and uh, Chekhov and fucking Clark are held by these Mad Max guys. And the main villain reveals himself to be none other than Ricardo Montalban, Khan, Kirk's greatest enemy. I think he might be one of my favorite villains in the movie. Just like the charisma and like the he might flamboyantness be, of his. He's such a good. He's so menacing, like tense and everything. What do we keep saying? On-screen presence. Yeah. Like he has great on-screen. When he's talking, you're watching. You mm-hmm. know, like you want to see what he says next. And the way uh, from hell's heart I stab at thee. It's like, yes, that's my kind of villain. I would be con, you know? <laughs> If I could, I would be con. Like the um, closest thing nowadays, I know you hate it, but Thanos. The no, way Josh no. Brolin. I, he was the best parts of those movies. Yeah. Like he was a great villain who had emotion to everything. Motive. Yeah. He felt bad about killing his daughter, but he was doing it to do what he needed to do. His yeah. motives, his end goals, fucked up, but justified. Yeah. Khan just wanted a life for his people and he was pissed that he got dumped on a shitty planet. And he was like, you know what? I'm blaming you, Kirk, and I'm not stopping until you're dead, Moby Dick, white whale. Um, yeah, this is like a reverse Moby Dick story. We're seeing it from yeah. the point of view of the whale instead of Ahab. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, it cuts back to Khan. He reveals himself, and then he pulls out this weird desert worm thing. And he's like, check it out. The babies take over your mind. And he puts him in Chekhov and Clark's brain. That was a great puppet, too. He's just like, pretty much has these like little tweezers, pulls out the larvas from it. Just- yeah. Oof. you see them they don't even go in the ear canal just they just dig a hole in their brain yeah 
And then it cuts to uh, the Reliant rolling up on the regular one. And they're just like, Starfleet wants Genesis. And they're like, what? No, fuck you. And he's like, no, Starfleet wants Genesis. Whose orders? Captain James T. Kirk's, you know, or Admiral James T. Kirk's. And then, uh, yeah, they just take over the space station, but we don't see it. Uh, then we see Kirk. And yes, it, she calls Kirk. He, he's taking a, a tour of the ship. Remember, mm. he like he goes to the fucking engine room, and everyone's like, and he's like smiling, <laughs> like just having a good time. And then uh, he's in the elevator with the uh, Kirsty Alley, and her hair's down, and he, and she's like, it's still regulation. And what about the Kobayashi Maru? And he's like, it's supposed to test your character. And she's like, I don't like losing. And he's like, neither do I. Okay, <laughs> like. I get it, but I figured it out. Why didn't you <laughs> kind of deal? And then the door opens and Bones is like, who's holding up the damn elevator? Yeah. <laughs> he was great. He was the best comic relief in this movie. He, uh, De- uh, DeForest Kelly played great comic relief. In the show, He's uh, they don't play him up so much as comic relief because he's the ship's doctor. So, yeah. he, you know. This movie did a good job with it, though. Yeah. Oh, that scene where Scotty's holding the guy. Um, yeah, so... Uh, after that, they get a they get a distress call from the uh, or not a distress call, but like a, a very patched through blurred message straight mm. to Kirk's personal computer in his room from his old girl, and she's like, "Why the fuck did you take Genesis away from me?" And he's like, "What are you talking about? Who took Genesis away from you?" And she, Starfleet gave you orders. What are you saying? She's like, "I can't understand it." <laughs> it turns out the message is being blocked from the source. Plot of course, right fucking now. <laughs> and then Kirk assumes command of the Enterprise. Spock, who's captain of the Enterprise at the time. I like how nobody was like, everybody was like, okay. Well, you see the guys at the console were, oh shit, Kirk's in charge, you know? Kirstie Alley's like, I guess. She starts quoting regulations at him. And he's like, never quote regulations at me. Spock said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they fucking, what was the Enterprise retrofit? Warp six, I think was their maximum. They go mm-hmm. max warp to... Uh, the uh, regular one station and uh, it's empty. They beam in, nobody's there. They're walking around, it's spooky. DeForest Kelly gets spooked by a rat. That was a good scene. And then as he turns, there's a dead body right in his face. Hanging. Yep. So they cut all the dead bodies down and this is the best part. Uh, Bones goes, it's fresh. Rigor mortis hasn't set in. Couldn't have been more than a couple of hours. <laughs> Meaning, the Reliant, they don't know the Reliant, but they the Reliant's nearby. Yeah. And then um, they're just kind of flying around trying to figure out what's going on. And then uh, the Reliant shows up. So they hail him and it doesn't answer. And they're getting closer and they're getting closer and they're getting closer. And then Kirstie Alley's like, hey, uh, when a friendly ship doesn't answer a hail, you should turn on, you should go to yellow alert, which is shields. Mm. And he was like, no. So then they're like, you know, even with each other. And then Khan goes, fire. Boom, explosion. The engine room gets hit. It knocks out power. They only have auxiliary power. They don't have weapons. They don't have shields. They don't have fucking... Uh, the effects they did in this was... Yeah. I miss the practical effects of having sets and having explosions and all that stuff, showing the battle damage on the ships and everything. So they get fucked up. And like the bridge is like, there's fire, there's smoke. Fucking Kirk is sweating. And then the monitor turns on and it's Khan. And Kirk's like, you fucking son of a bitch and Khan's like I'm gonna kill you you have 60 seconds to tell me everything you know about Genesis and turn it over and then Kirk's like okay 60 seconds it is 
And then he turns around to Kirstie Allen and he goes, give me the prefix codes, you know, because it turns out all Federation ships have a contingency plan specifically for this moment. And you were saying the best part about that whole thing is they all turned their backs to the camera. Yeah, so, so Khan couldn't read their lips. Yeah. yeah. Even when Sula was like, prepare me to fire, you know, like he was trying to do his best. And then, uh, so Kirk basically gets the prefix codes, shuts off the Reliant shields, and then blows their warp and weapons up. So now both ships don't have warp and they don't have weapons. They're just like, all right, we'll go our separate ways. <laughs> and they go to regular one and they start doing like circles around the planet, mm. just trying to repair each other. And that's when Kirk goes to the space station. And that's when he finds all the dead bodies. And that's when he finds that the living crew teleported themselves to the center of regular one mm. now why did they teleport themselves to the center of regular one well no phase two of genesis is underground mm. so they teleport into the center of the moon which khan didn't know was even a thing he thought he left kirk to die on that fucking space station mm. and then uh khan steals genesis uh clark and Chekhov betray uh kirk because they still have the worms. They still have the worms, but Clark just can't do it. And then he blows his own brains out to keep himself from killing Kirk. And then Chekhov is so fucking like, like blown away by the situation. He just passes out and the worm crawls out of his ears. Kirk's fucking brutal, dude. Yeah. So now they're, and then the Enterprise has to flee because the Reliant's coming up on them. Mm. And, and Kirk is talking on his channel just being like, yes, flee, go to here, go to this, go do that. We will stay here. So the Enterprise flees with now Reliance orbiting them. And and and, and Ricardo Montalban's like, yeah, fuck you. I, I didn't kill you. I hurt you. And I'll continue to hurt you. I've killed those you love and I'll keep doing it. There's nothing you can do. Best villain motives. And then he's then uh, they reveal that Genesis is on the planet, the actual photon torpedo thing. Mm. And Ricardo Montalban steals it. Then uh, they're sitting in the cave and it's like, well, what do we do now? We're hungry. And then can I cook or can I cook? It turns <laughs> out the center of regular one is this lush paradise <clears throat> and they did it in one day. Yeah. It was like a mini Genesis going off. Right. And then an alarm goes off and Kirk goes, oh, it must have been an hour. And then he calls Spock and he's like, so are you guys in position? And <laughs> Spock's like, yeah, everything's up and going. Come on aboard, you know? And uh, Kirstie Alley's like, but oh when you know the channel's compromised never tell the truth and then you know or something like that <laughs> so basically kirk and spock had this moment where like they were saying things but they were saying the opposite of what they meant and and ricardo Montalban, who was listening in took it word for word mm. because like they say later on in the movie he only thinks in two dimensions um so he beams back to the spaceship uh it's all fucked up it's all fucked up and uh yeah then there's just a fucking space battle fucking rad yeah they uh they basically kirk realizes that the reliant is in better shape than the enterprise so he takes the enterprise into a nebula where you don't have sensors or shields <laughs> and khan's like i'm not going in there and kirk's like knew it pussy <laughs> so Khan's like mm -mm. and they go in and they have this fucking like fire fire and you just see like parts of ships getting blown well, off the best part is you see them because at this point they don't have the trackers and everything so you see them trying to like like position put themselves them. in position like a naval battle yeah 
Like, uh, remember when fucking uh, Sulu misses mm. and then uh, Ch- uh, the Reliant fires a torpedo wide and they both like flee and then come back. But that's when Chekhov comes back. And what I tell you about Chekhov? Best. Best gunner. So he comes back and then Enterprise just starts nailing all its hits. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then eventually. Pretty much all of Khan's crew just gets fucked. Fucked. His main man gets fucked. He has and to it's... lift that thing off and. Uh, that was sick, though. He did a good job of showing the... Yeah. And then the Reliant gets one of its warp nacelles knocked off. Its weapons fucking system is destroyed. Life support is collapsing, and Khan goes, fuck it, self-destruct with Genesis. So then the Enterprise has to get away. But guess what? They're having a warp core breach. And as Kirk is, like, trying to maintain things down, Spock realizes what he's going to do. The only thing to do. And he runs down to engineering and... Bones gets in front of him and goes, no human can survive this. And he goes, precisely. What is Scotty's condition? And as soon as McCoy turns, he fucking Vulcan nerf pinches him, runs in there, fucking seals the war core breach. <laughs> and this is where Chris and Chad got yeah. equally teary-eyed. Because it was really well done. Because you see the scene where they're like, they're escaping, and it's like, sir, main power's been restored, and he's like, warp, and they warp away, and he's like, god damn, Scotty. Well, the best thing about this movie is, I'm not a Star Trek fan, so I can only imagine people growing fond of these characters, and something like this happening to Spock. The, the favorite, the favorite. So you're like, no. It's... But the best part is when they get main power back on, and, and Kirk's like, good job, Mr. Scott. And then Bones is like, you need to come down to engineering right now. And he looks over and sees Spock's chair empty. empty, And you just see him go like, yeah. And he (laughs) fucking slides down that ladder. That was sweet. Fucking runs over and sees like Spock in the corner, like huddled, all fucking irradiated. He's blind. He walks into the wall when he walks up to Kirk. (laughs) Brutal, right? Yeah. And then he looks him in the eye and he says, you have... It always will be. My friend, live long and prosper. And then he dies. And all Kirk says is, no. And he sits. <laughs> well, imagine if your fucking best friend died. Oh, what, God. what would your reaction be? Just Dude, like- my best friend dies sacrificing himself, not just for me. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yeah. Or the individual. Like, oh, fucking Spock, dude. Yeah, that was a very unexpected gut moment. Yeah, and I've seen this movie like a hundred times. Watching it with you for the first time and you getting it, like I think I was channeling <laughs> your emotions too. Like, I mean, it's such a silly thing for a silly sci-fi movie to have. This was not more, a silly sci-fi. Movie. No, this was to heavy. have a to have a silly sci-fi movie have more of an emotional grasp than many movies that try so hard yeah, to be deep. to get you to be the deep emotional scenes like remember iron man's death scene that was sad oh. whose was better spock's or iron man's spock's that's what i'm saying yeah but i don't know man it was done very tastefully very well so tastefully so tastefully just i don't know man i can't explain it just that and then you know like uh it's the little things it's the things that make characters like bond together where they finally just look at each other and they're like 
Especially since, you know, they've been like living with living with each other for five years straight through the most insane situations. They've they were put into arena and forced to fight to the death, you know, like and they managed to overcome it by being bros. Uh, Spock got Ponfar once and he got all fucking horny and angry and Kirk had to beat him with a pipe to get him to like to calm down. And the biggest thing that took Spock down was fucking trying to get the radiation thing going. Yeah. He pretty much put the gloves on, put his hands in there. And then you just see it blast him yeah. in the face and you're like... And it's like, this is going to take Spock down? That's what kills him? Not, that's what kills him. Not the Klingons, the Romulans? Not any... I'm not saying it's not a noble death. Just not any, like, battle death. Or no, anything. that is the most noble death. Yeah. Sacrificing yourself for everyone else. Um. So, yeah, that's basically the plot of the movie. What did you... What are, what are the little things you liked about this? Obviously, the Starship models. Yeah. Um... Let's talk about the practical effects. Yeah. They were, the way they shot them, they've got the shadows great. They got the backgrounds. Like we were talking about, they have like the stars and everything. You just have the little model with the background shooting the light in the little pinholes. And you have the camera just moving perfectly, steadily around the camera, making it it seem like it's moving. And even like the scenes with the ships flying over it and everything. And, yeah, know, yeah. Like, what about when the bridge is all fucked up and it's got like the electrical scarring on the walls and there's like pieces <laughs> hanging down and cracked panels all over the place? Well, this is, it's a difference about movies nowadays. Like we've become so dependent on green screens where things don't look as real. It looks sterile. It just, it looks, when you have like, a person in the background it has to be the best cgi to make it look real with this they had it perfectly but they had the natural sets they put the work into it it wasn't just some cheesy sci-fi movie where they have the bad sets and everything they put the shadows they put the fucking sparks like when things explode yeah it looks impactful it looks brutal uh i like the first time the enterprise or the reliant gets shot you see that guy go from the left screen and he throws himself over the railing and rolls. And it's like, dang, that must have been some hit. Like, mm. uh, it's like when we were watching Next Gen earlier, you were, you were like, I was like, look at that set. And then you started paying attention. And you're like, oh my God, these sets are awesome. It's like, yeah, dude, they used to put a lot of effort in this shit back in the day. Yeah, films definitely have a little... It's going downhill. Reliance on the green screen because it's cheaper. Like, it's cheaper. We can just who hire... wants to fucking dude. We can just hire a Chinese slave factory to draw this for us. Yeah, we don't actually have to put any effort into it, and just hire some guy's name that everyone recognizes. We don't care and if you like, act. I know you don't, but I love the Marvel movies. But I know they're cartoons. Yeah, they're just ninety percent of the movies' backgrounds are just fake for the most part. Yeah, this was all live sets. Yeah. And it always looks better. Apparently. And the one matte painting was when they show you Genesis and it looked yeah. amazing. Because <laughs> they did it perfectly. They showed like all the stuff flying around it and everything. They matched it perfectly for what it was. They got all the shadows, all the lights and everything. That apparently. waterfall looks super cool. Yeah, it was like crystally and everything. Yeah, because it's not quite Earth, you know. It, yeah. It, it was good. It's different shit living in the water. Yeah. Fucking, I think my one of my favorite scenes is after the first fight with Khan where they managed to escape and they and then the elevator door opens and Scotty's holding his like first mate dead yeah. in his arms and he, and he's just got this look on his face of like shock and even with like the blonde lady with her son you find out that it's Kirk's son 
Oh god. And when they first interact together, the son tries, tries to kill, to kill him. him. But obviously Kirk beats the shit out yeah. of him because it's he, Kirk. he defends himself. He, he knocks like him he knocks the knife out. He doesn't out of actually his... physically hurt him. He did the Star Trek axe handle. They yeah. always do that in Star Trek to knock the weapon out of his hand and then he decked him in the jaw. But then the next scene you see them together, it's just him being like Well, because he was on the bridge when Kirk was fighting Khan. So yeah. he saw his dad in action. And, and by that point he realized he was dad, and he's like he was also I'm there when for... Spock died too. So he yeah. saw his dad fight and he saw his dad lose. And he, and he saw his dad for what he was. And then he goes, I'm proud to call you my dad. And this was the tipping point for me. Yeah, that's like, that's when Chad started. Crying. I lost my dad a few years, like four or five years ago. And like, uh, it just seems like this, man. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of like scenes where like people have their dads and everything. And just, but it like, feels fake. It's just like, it's forced. This felt earned. Yeah, because like, the whole movie's talking shit about his dad, and everything he's saying is justified. Like he's, oh, he's a cowboy, he's a piece of shit, he flies by the. But then he sees the person he is, and it's like, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And then what is? She I say? understand your actions. I know why. I, you're I get this. why you're you now. Yeah. I've seen what you have to deal with. It's like, like if I had to deal with that stuff, I don't know what I would do. I wouldn't be as great as you. You know yeah. what I mean? And then what is what is um Kirstie Alley say? You've never had to deal with loss. And he's like. Not true loss. Sure, there were bad times. We always came out on top. I've, I've never, hmm. you know, and it's just like, damn, Kirk, this was your first loss, yeah. you know? Kirk was always been able, the character development of him, he's always been able to pull it out of his ass. Though. That's what he said. He's like, I've always been lucky. Yeah. You know? And this is the first time where it's like, a gut even though he around. won, it was at a great sacrifice. Yeah. His, his very best friend. <sighs> and you know what? Of all the creatures I've encountered on my journeys, his soul was the most human. God, we're nerds. <laughs> yeah, this was, I didn't think it was going to be like this. I told you, this is one of my, this, you were like, we should, you, you bought a bunch of Star Trek movies, but you bought all the bad ones. And I was like, I was like, don't watch them, dude. Just wait for Wrath of Khan. I'm telling you, Wrath of Khan is the best. I think we're going to do. We're going to do Search, Search for Spock, Spock and, and then, then Journey, Journey Home. Home. Yeah, we're going to do those three. We're going to have a little story. Those are the ones that I think were directed by Leonard Nimoy. I think Leonard Nimoy did Search for Spock. Or he did Journey Home. And I Kirk. think he did both. No, because one did one and one did the other. Shatner did one, Leonard Nimoy did the other. We'll look it up after this. Let us know in the comments. But yeah, fucking Wrath of Khan. One of the best villains I've seen in the movie in a long time. Very pert. And if you've watched the show, obviously you see him through the series and everything. Right? Like as soon as, and I know I've seen this movie a million times, but the first time I saw it and I saw the SS Botany Bay, I was like, oh, <laughs> like, oh fuck, Khan's back. <laughs> like, no. Like that just shows the merit of a movie where you can see it a million times and every time you see it, it's like. And seeing it with you is like seeing it for the first time again. Yeah, because we were joking around when we were watching it. We were like, this movie is the perfect sci-fi movie to have a smile on your face during the whole thing. Even if you're not a Star Trek fan, you just see the characters and the way they... The way they interact. Yeah. You, they feel like a family. It's not like beep, bop, boop. This is how we're doing it. It's, it's not like an Avengers film where like you'll have Captain America on screen, Iron Man on screen, and like three other Avengers. They'll all say a quip, they'll all laugh, and then they all walk off screen. And it's like, haha, aren't we a family? It's like the drinking scene where they're all trying to pick up Thor's hammer. Like, that's a good scene, hmm. but it's still just 
felt acted. Whereas this scene when they're in the shuttle, or no, excuse me, uh, when they're on the bridge and they're and they're all just kind of or after the Kobayashi Maru where Bones mm -hmm. is laying on the ground, like, how'd you like my performance? You know, like like it's a quip, but it like the way Bones it, was selling it was good. Well, it fits their character. Not everybody needs to be jokey. Yeah. And he was the one in the movie that decided. But he, he wasn't even jokey, he was just passionate. Because remember when, oh, logic. He's using logic, you green-blooded, unfeeling Vulcan. You know, it's like, he was great. And then he showed at the end his true emotions. He really him. cared for yeah. Spock. Did you catch the, remember? Yeah. Okay, that's going to come into the next movie. Yeah, Rathacon, more than I expected. Do you see why I'm a Star Trek fan over Star Wars any day of the week? My biggest problem with Star Trek is dude you know what sucks is a star and i don't want to be the asshole it's like i'm gonna skip episodes to go here there there and there what my thing with star trek now with uh std picard new frontiers that's my episode seven eight nine you know what i mean yeah. like it's like no stop doing it please it upsets me so much watching a movie like this seeing what star wars could be star wars has always been more about like character action and like it's Wait. In the, in the original trilogy, they had great characters. Star Wars is a romance. You know what I'm saying? Star Trek is an adventure. No, Star Wars was a great adventure. No, show. it's a romantic adventure, though. It it's showed, romanticized. It showed friendship. It showed... But you don't care about the, you, the nitty-gritty. It just works. Uh, the Force, it just works. Uh, Lightsabers, they just work. I think it's along the same plane with the original trilogy. It's not as executed as well as this movie what i'm saying though is star trek the best star trek episodes are them solving a problem using math whereas the best star wars movie is the one where they're flying spaceships and blowing up the death star see i like the character moments of star wars more than the space battles but character have, what i'm saying like the scene when han's about to be put in uh yeah yeah, yeah that carbonite uh i love you i know right like I know it's been blown out of proportion now, but imagine seeing but what that I'm back saying, in the day. How do I explain this? And Luke and Yoda going back and forth, and Luke being, Luke being like, "I need to go. I need to save them." You Yoda know what? Again. We're about to, we're about to engage in a, a Star Trek Star Wars nerd fight. Oh, this will be settled later on the podcast. But thanks for watching. Let us know if you like Star Trek or Star Wars more. Let we're us both. If you are a normal person, like both of them. I mean. Yeah, I it's mean, okay to like. I grew up movie. loving both, but yeah. the older I get, the more I like Star Trek. Over quality-wise, on the amount of content put out, Star Trek probably beats it. No, because Star Trek has. Yeah, but you have the prequels. But there's the there's the, the there's the there's the five Kirk movies. Three are good. I'm talking about series and movies. In general. Right, but what I'm saying there's five Kirk movies. Three are good. Mm. There's five Picard movies. None are good. There's nine sitting movie. What? There's nine, uh, ten actually. There's ten Star Wars movies. Eleven Star 11, Wars movies. Are... Three are good. So it's about the same. See, I give four good. Four and a half. Well, I like Undiscovered Country, so I would give four and a half for Star Trek. Then you see what I mean? Like they have the nah. same amount of movies. Four are good, but Star Trek. I will Trek... say Mandalorian might. Well, Star Trek TV compared to Star Wars TV. Yeah. I think Star Trek TV blows Star Wars TV well, out a of lot water. More. However, right. only next gen in the original series. And to be fair, the only good Star Wars TV is Mandalorian. 
not kind of the animated stuff. I haven't seen it. The uh, the Clone Wars show is actually yeah. it started off really no, bad. The Mandalorian's fucking. I watched the first episode of Obi Wan. I'm like, all right, nope. Man, this, <laughs> yeah. this is where it's going. Mm. Oh, another punished hero. Mm. Haven't seen that 500 times. Yeah, but yeah. Let's know what you guys think. Like and subscribe. Wait. Live long and prosper. You can't do it. That's how I know you're not a Star Trek fan. You really can't do it? Look. I did it.